I, I realized as well, I didn't want to be speaking other people's words anymore. That I had, I had woken up to the fact that I am and always have been someone with leadership qualities and leadership potential. Why, why would I want to constrain myself to other people's words? And that was a massive change for me because before it always been about how successful can I be? How, where can I get myself? Whereas now it's not that. It's about how mm. can I, how can I improve my work so that I can help other people? It's very different. Yo, and welcome to the Always Better Than Yesterday podcast with me, Ryan Hartley, and welcome to the interview sessions brought to you by our good friends at Web Creation. Head to webcreationgroup.com for stunning websites at sensible prices. Today, you've joined episode 79 with Anna Parker Naples. Anna is a author, she's a podcast host, she is a business and mindset coach, and she's the founder of the podcast membership. She helps entrepreneurs, experts, and emerging and established leaders stand out in their field. She helps you launch, grow, and monetize your podcast, teaches you the business strategy that you need to get noticed in the online space so that you can have more impact, influence, and income. Hopefully what you'll hear in the next half an hour from Anna is that anything is possible when you get visible. If this is the first time you're listening to an Always Better Than Yesterday podcast, head to Facebook. Come and join the We Are Always Better Than Yesterday Facebook community full of like-minded people who believe in developing themselves and developing others to be better than we were yesterday. Come and find us on Facebook and come and join us. Look forward to connecting with you soon, and I hope that you really enjoy the next half an hour. I'd love for you to share this with one person within your network that you feel needs to hear what Anna has to say. Much love. Yo, and welcome back to the Always Better Than Yesterday interview sessions with me, Ryan Hartley, and I'm joined by my very special guest, Anna Parker Naples. Welcome, Anna. Hey, Ryan. Lovely to be here. Thank you for having me. It's amazing to see you. Um, please do me the honor of giving yourself a, a bit of an introduction. Tell us a little bit about your story. I work currently helping people to get their message out there. And I, I talk about that in terms of getting visible. But one of the things that I really help people do is how is, is create a a really solid foundation for building their personal brand and getting their message out there through podcasting. I have an incredible audio background that I thought I'd kind of done with as I came into an entrepreneurial space as a coach. And actually what I've realized along the way is that my unique skills and my incredible level of knowledge is actually really needed to help many coaches uh, and, and service providers who want to transform lives get their message out there so that they are heard by the right people and I think podcasting is a really great way to do that as you know mm. as a podcast host mm. I think the phrase being there done that got the t-shirt is 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 one that's been built for you because I think you've been there you've done it and now you show up and you help others to, to achieve that too and I just love to know some of the journey behind what's taken you to the Hollywood Hollywood 
So as, as Ryan can see, as we're, we're talking today, I'm sitting <laughs> in what looks like a very posh recording studio. It's mm. actually my old airing cupboard that's been adapted and it is now <laughs> fully functioning as a, a proper studio. And the reason that I started working in voice work and I started recording way before I even knew what a podcast was, was because I was told I would never walk again 10 years ago. And I had mm. been a, a stage actor. And I'd imagined that after my third child, and it was the third pregnancy that caused me to have issues that mm. meant I couldn't walk, I felt absolutely devastated. And I was so angry with everyone and so resentful that I felt like my life had been snatched away. And I decided I had to do something to make, make peace with that. So in your terms, I wanted to be better tomorrow than I feel mm. today. Mm. And because I knew that how I felt today was going to destroy me and how I showed up. Mm. And along the way through embracing NLP and um, I actually went on later to train in NLP, but it was never the plan. I uncovered mm. that there were several things. One that I, as an actor had been holding myself back whilst I'd been mm. saying, I really wanted success. Actually, I'd been pretty scared and I'd been hiding. Mm -hmm. It's a lot about the get visible part is about sure. how do you open yourself up and anyone who's done any in-depth mindset work will have an inkling of what I mean by that. Mm. And the other thing was that I came to understand that actually what mattered to me in performing was getting word and voice and particularly my words and voice out there into the world. And at the time I still thought it was all about me as a performer. So whilst I was laid up in bed for a period of oh, gosh, way over 18 months, nearly two years, I spent all that time working out how to be a voiceover artist mm -hmm. from home where my voice could be worldwide, even if mm -hmm. I never walked again. And what happened was that that voice work and the audio work around that, and I was a complete technophobe, gave me so much hope because mm. I got results quite quickly. And within, within six months, even while still in a wheelchair, I was performing around the world, doing commercials and uh, at corporate things, all sorts, of, all sorts of voice overwork, but at a really high end. And it gave me hope. And it made mm. me see that if I've changed how I feel about that in terms of acting and how I feel about myself, actually what I'd also done is lift myself from this situation where I thought I could never walk and I could never have what I wanted. And actually through NLP, through changing my thoughts, I, I am fully, fully, fully recovered. It's actually a long time since I've experienced any pain mm. or discomfort. And one of the things that happened as I, as I recovered more fully, I kept thinking, if I want to be there and I, wa I want to be world-class in what I do and why can't I be? Mm. So I set my sights pretty high. And I realized that I didn't really want to work in commercial work, didn't feel right. Um, there are some cheesy elements to that. And I felt like I, I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't um, bring some emotion to it. I couldn't really feel part of it. So I realized that actually in terms of the actor in me, I wanted to focus on audio books and radio drama and video games because there's a much more performance element. And it was through those, through throwing myself into those very niche areas of voice acting that I then went on to be nominated and to win awards in Hollywood, London, New York, Chicago, multiple mm. times whilst being a stay-at-home mum sitting in my airing cupboard mm. which is kind mm -hmm. of a surreal juxtaposition mm. and I realized I, I be, you know I became the top 
the at absolutely at the top and I remember standing on the red carpets about a week after I'd finished my master NLP training and I just felt like that that journey to, to, to doing that training was always never because I intended to coach people or help people, but just because I knew that it could transform me more and more and more. And I had this very powerful experience at the end of my, my master NLP breakthrough, if you like, it was about a 12 hour session that just seemed to go on and on and on because the people working with me and training with me could see I, I was so close to something epic. Mm. And it, I didn't, I felt very different at the end of that breakthrough session. And then a week later, I'm standing on the red carpets in Hollywood. I'm at, I am co-narrating with all of the industry leaders in one particular book. And they were all men on the other side of the pond. They're all the top, the top, the top. And I kind of thought I, I'm booked round the clock. My diary is full for the next 18 months. I feel like I can't breathe. Like I've done this and what next? And I literally made that decision there and then as the, as the kind of paparazzi were taking the shots on the red carpet, that this is enough. I have to, it's not about me anymore. Mm-hmm. What my journey is and what I have done and all of my performance skills and my achievement in such a short space of time, actually I, c- I can use that to get my message out there. And my message is very much mm-hmm. that you can be and do anything, but you've got to be seen you've got to be heard and you've got to find ways to be remembered. And that for me encapsulates that get visible that I talk about in, mm. in my podcast, Entrepreneurs Get Visible and my book and, and everything that I do is really about that visibility piece. And it's, it's those mechanisms, be seen, be heard and be remembered. Mm. I love that. There's so much I want to ask you about it, but how will you be remembered? I want to be the remembered as the person who touched one individual life at a time to show mm. them it's not about mass. It is about mass because of the ripple effect, but to be responsible and be that catalyst for personal transformation. Now that personal transformation might be that wake up call that I'm not enough. I I am more, I'm not doing enough. Mm -hmm. It might be that people change their finances by creating the business they want, that they learn that they can live a life doing the thing they are good at and they can, they can monetize it. They can make that work for their life. Could be realizing that they're in a relationship that is slowing them down. It doesn't matter. And through what I do now, so I run the podcast membership and I'm a podcast expert. And I see that very much now as a way for me to bring that audio knowledge so that those emerging and awakened leaders or those who are rising and waking up themselves can get their own messages out there. So we can kind of just change the world by getting the ripple effect because, Mm. you know, with a podcast, one person can hear one story and it can change everything. And that then has an impact on their relationship with their partner, with their children, with their parents. Mm. And I like to think of podcasting as that rather than us rocking up in front of the microphone. I I just happen to have the technical skills to make people do it well. I love that. And my, my listeners can't see me right now, but they'll know that I'm smiling massively because that one person at a time ethos is, is very dear to my heart. And the words podcast expert, what makes you a podcast expert? What makes me a podcast expert is that I have 15 years of audio knowledge and Mm. not just audio knowledge, but I was at the forefront of in the UK the UK audio industry embracing home studios 
mm. and embracing this understanding that you don't have to be in a very flash London studio in order to have broadcast quality audio. And I was at the wave of that doing talks all over the UK, Europe and the US. And when I came into the coaching space three years ago, I kind of heard on a whim, oh, podcasting can work. That can be a good way to build a business. I was completely, completely clueless about business in an online space and for coaches had no idea what I was coming into mm. just felt very driven I've got to get on stages I've got to tell people and I don't know how so when I heard about podcasting I thought well I'm just gonna record a couple of episodes because I've got a fancy microphone I'm just gonna <laughs> whack some episodes and just go for it but I didn't have a clue didn't have mm -hmm. a clue and that was kind of a bit of a painful process to have gone mm. from a very successful arena to not knowing how to make podcasts work not truthfully knowing how to make a coaching business work how mm -hmm. can i go from successful to mm, this feels all a bit of a damp squib mm -hmm. and over time i i really went into well i know the audio part of it sussed but what about the rest of it what's going on with launching and promoting and the content and how do we do this and my plan had always been couple of years later plan had always been I would eventually help people with podcasting and just mm -hmm. for fun because this is the kind of holiday I like I ordered a whole load of podcasting books mm -hmm. just kind of thinking I'm going to absorb everyone else's information so I can think what I really want to say in a couple of years time and this was this was back in August so we're now talking at May how is it May <laughs> and um, one of the books I read was so poor in information that it made me really cross and mm. I think when sometimes when I when I feel that level of irritation or anger, it's actually about me. It's not about the content. It's not about somebody else. It's about what I'm not doing. And it was just a wake up call. And you have to do this. And you have to do it now because people need your help now. Mm. And so on the back of that, I, you know, set up a beta course for a podcast, um, new, new people to come and learn to podcast. And I, I had so many people wanting to do it that I thought, actually, I don't just want to keep this as a high-end program. I have those as well, but I want this to be affordable and accessible to as many people as possible because the mm. more people who can afford to learn how to podcast, the more lives I can change. Mm. And that's kind that. of the ethos of my business. Yeah, I love that. What, um, what characterizes a good voice? This might answer your question. Alexa, off. <laughs> What characterizes a good voice? In terms of a podcast, it is someone who allows themselves to be really natural and to be truthful mm. and to feel that they don't have to deliver in a kind of monotone, formal, stilted way. Now, you'll tell with me, I, I get very energetic and my voice goes high and it goes low and I bring it back down and, and there's shape to it. That's interesting to listen to for people. Mm, mm. But not everybody is going to like my, high, my higher tones. Not everyone's gonna, that's not going to appeal to everybody. But some people are going to really get that. And some people like things to be paced much more calmly. So I think it's trusting your own energy trusting that getting your voice out there is going to attract the right people to you anyway mm. and trusting that it's okay to be yourself but so there's a real confidence part in that yeah it's um <clears throat> excuse me you used the word voice actor and i didn't really understand that term until i looked up um you on Aud uh, audible 
And you, so there's me thinking there'll be a few just to check out. There's over 70 audiobooks that I found with your name against them. Yeah, I've actually narrated closer to 150, but a lot of them are only available in the States. That's, um, that's something that they do tend to do. So in the States, it's all, all, all audible, audible.co.uk and audible.com almost have completely different offerings. Mm. So for example, even with the Harry Potters, we all think Stephen Fry, but they don't. They have another British actor. He's a very famous mm. British actor who narrates them for the, for the States. And so I would work with lots of books that are not available here and you will never be able to get hold of them here. That's just the mm. way it is. Um, and having done that level of audio work, you know your field. And many mm. of those books I've produced as well. And I've coached lots of people within audio. So for commercials. So I, my, my differentiation for where I've come from is I've worked as a voiceover artist, which mm. is commercial and corporate and e-learning. And then I have worked, which could be radio or TV. And then I've worked as a voice actor. So radio drama, audio books particularly, and, mm. and a lot of high profile video games. And that was the thing I've really picked up because I went and I listened to probably about five or six and it even very quickly I, I picked up the differences within the use of your voice and I think when you just mm -hmm. said that and and that really just then sparked this is this is what it means to be a voice actor because you're you're changing your voice to meet the whatever it is that you're you're expressing and uh, it's a fine art to it and and I, and I I'd love the um just the use of accents as well is that something you had to practice yeah for sure it's not something that comes naturally to me and god if you listen to all 150 which i would hope never <laughs> anyone did there are some really dodgy accents in there over time there would be sometimes particularly in america they'd want to cast me because i became the british young voice i mm. predominantly narrated a lot of a lot of romance but also a lot of teen fiction particularly in the states there was a real wave of british writers so i got all of those all of that work and um, accents don't come easily to me. And of course, mm. the American producers wouldn't be able to discern whether I was getting it anywhere remotely right or completely <laughs> off. And, and sometimes it would become quite uncomfortable, actually, because they would be pushing me to continue with an accent when I knew it wasn't right. But they're mm -hmm. the producer. So or they're the director. And that, that was one of the reasons as well. I felt quite constrained by that work. And I, I realized as well, I didn't want to be speaking other people's words anymore, that I, mm. had, I had woken up to the fact that I am and always have been someone with leadership qualities and leadership potential. Why, why would I want to constrain myself to other people's words? And that was a massive change for me because before it had always been about how successful can I be? How, where can I get myself? Whereas now it, it, it's not that. It's about how mm. can I... How can I improve my work so that I can help other people? It's very different. Mm. And your, your book, how did that come about? Oh, so I, I, while I was working in the voiceover industry, I knew that I wanted to share my massive journey from feeling completely overlooked to having the tremendous success that I did in a relatively short space of time. And I, I kept wanting to write the book for the voiceover industry, but I guess that I was growing out of it. I was ready to move on. So every time I tried to put pen to paper, I felt that this story is too big. It's not just for that market. So when, when I started writing my book, my, my book's called Get Visible, How to Have More Impact, Influence and Income. Because I think that's what visibility gives you. But that mm -hmm. visibility, first of all, has to be about you being 
visible and seeing yourself mm-hmm. and then there are mechanisms that you can you know social media and connections and networking what have you that all follows when you believe you can do it mm-hmm. so the book the book came about because I felt really strongly that I have to share that anyone can do anything yeah you've got to believe it first yeah. and I'm really open and raw in that book really open about how I used to see myself and some of it's pretty pretty vulnerable Mm. that's brave to put that out there book launch week was insane Mm -hmm. because just absolutely insane I don't know are you are you an author Ryan not yet not yet you will be (laughs) book launch week was mental because I knew that my story was important I'd also for launch day i'd recorded the audible version of it too in my Mm -hmm. studio where i started in a wheelchair and there were Mm. the book opens with me describing how i felt about myself in a wheelchair feeling that my life was over Mm -hmm. and that i was nothing and the book ends with me you know by this by the end of the book not only have i had so much success in hollywood and been the mum that i want to be but I've also, by that point, I'd won various awards within, within the entrepreneurial space. So it was kind of really strange to stand in this room and narrate my own book, having narrated hundreds of books. And that was possibly one of the most powerful experiences I've ever had. And yeah. knowing that that was going out, that anyone could find it and listen to it, hear it, read it. It was something else. And the book was very, very successful. It became a number one in 20 categories across Amazon. Uh, it was being there was this kind of weird, weird flip that I, 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 it's just so peculiar that it happened. So the start of the book, I am talking about how on this particular New Year's Eve, it was the lowest of the low. We went to a New Year's Eve party and it was the first time I'd left my bed other than to go to hospital for months and I'm heavily pregnant and I'm about as low as you can possibly be. I've been told eight days before that I'm never going to walk again. And it was a fancy dress party. And my husband and my parents were like, Anna, you have to just go. One mm-hmm. of your best friends has just got engaged. You've got to be there. Just go. And so I refused to get dressed, refused to get changed because that was hot, difficult and it hurt. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. went dressed as Lou and Andy from Little Britain, which of course is David Williams. During book launch week, what was amazing was that David Williams released two books in the run up to Christmas. And on the front of the Amazon homepage, because my book did so well in so many categories, and I self published, I don't have a huge audience, mm-hmm. but there was this just snapshot that I took where there were three books being positioned on the front of Amazon, and it was David Williams, my book, and David Williams's book. And that was just insane, just mm-hmm. insane. And I love it when life throws back to you those just kind of surreal, serendipitous moments. Mm-hmm. Always makes you feel like I was always on the right path. This was always coming. Yeah, I love that. That's a great story. What do you think your kids think? It was interesting because when, when the books arrived they were not interested in looking at them at all like no one no one's touched one but my daughter my my middle daughter she's coming up for 12 she rearranged her books during lockdown because that gave her something to do for the afternoon and she would put five books on one shelf and my book was on the end and I didn't sort of mention it and she said oh mummy did you see that I've put all of my favorite things on that shelf 
and my book was there and she said I just wish I wish your your book was a different size because it's taller than the other books but <laughs> and, and she's never read it she probably never will read it but yeah. that really meant something to me my my eldest is 15 now and she mm -hmm. unfortunately had to be my carer while I was ill mm -hmm. and she's very much been part of part of everything you know, mm. it's, it's incredibly difficult when you've got a four-year-old to say, you know, you've got, to, you've got to get the food, you've got to get the lunch. You know, because my husband had to work. You've got to help look after me. You've got to help look mm. after the other two. Mm. And so I was always aware, I guess, that I wanted things to be better for me because I wanted things to be better for her. All of them, all three of them, but for her. Yeah. And I, I do think that what I went through has massively impacted her but she's actually my biggest cheerleader mm. she's actually and in this whole entrepreneurial space she she learns so much about what i'm what i'm doing and what mm -hmm. the changes that i've made along the way to refine my business to work out my message and i think that's what i like i like my children to see as much as anything mm. that just because you go down one path it's not about getting it wrong it's that that you learn some stuff and then that's not place you're going to stay you're going to move on mm. and i think um with the whole always better than yesterday doesn't matter if currently right now you're feeling like you're getting it wrong because it's still taking mm -hmm. you forward i've mm -hmm. made so many cock-ups so many <laughs> so many it's not been like i woke up one morning and said hey i'm going to hollywood and that's it and then i'm going to yeah. run a multi you know a, an entrepreneurial mm. business and blah blah it's not like that but it's still having that idea that I'm going to be the best I can be. Yeah. And that I suppose I think it's that deciding to deserve to be amongst the best mm. because you deserve it. Mm. I think that's, I think that's what makes a difference with my work, but that's because it comes down to the visibility piece. If, if I don't believe I deserve it, I can't create what comes next. Yeah. Yeah. Brian's doing lots of nodding at me. <laughs> mm. I'm just letting it sink in. I'm just, I'm just letting those words wash over and just put myself in a position of someone that has had to learn that those words are true. You know, I can't underestimate how where you were versus where you are mm -hmm. has to have taken some serious inner work. Yes. And it's I just overnight. wonder whether they're yeah, absolutely. And, and I know, and I know this, and, and this is why I host a podcast to share stories of people like your good self, because it isn't overnight. It's, it's 15 years, if not more for you. And, and um, I just love to know, you know, what are some of those fundamental core beliefs, thoughts, values that you really had to get clear on? They unraveled over a period of about five years. Yeah. But they started with that first NLP session. Where, and I didn't even know what NLP was. thought we were just going to do some hypnosis and I was going to be a bit asleep. And starting to realize that the things I was saying about myself and to myself weren't true. And that by repeating them to myself and out loud repeatedly, I was keeping them as my truth. Mm -hmm. But if they're not true in the first place, why on earth would I do that? And one of, one of the strongest demonstrations really for me was you know, he posed to me, what happens if that one doctor who said that to you is wrong? Mm -hmm. What if you're, what if he doesn't know your body? 
what if you you Anna have the ability to heal and I'd never stopped to think about it that way mm. so my mind was literally blown what if there was a way or what if actually as a result of this happening something better is going to happen in your life even if you're in a wheelchair forever yeah and he you know one of the things he said to me was you know do you know anyone who's do you know anyone who's been in a wheelchair for life and actually gone on to do something incredible and I was actually being, my hospital was Stoke Mandeville, which is the home of the Paralympians. So I'd constantly be, you know, <laughs> and I think, mm. so it's not just, it's becoming aware of your language and your thoughts and realizing that every day you can choose them. Now, I've cut, I'm yeah. very aware as I'm saying this to you, Ryan, that some of the concepts I'm talking about are pretty big. And when I, when, when I joined you this afternoon, I was saying to you, oh, my goodness, the children, they're not doing what they're told. And I'm having a terrible day. <laughs> and that's chit chat. Yeah. But it still influences how I'm thinking and feeling. Mm -hmm. So by no means, even with all of the things I've done and have achieved and will go on to do that make me happy and fuel me and fill me up with passion and purpose doesn't mean I get everything right doesn't mean I'm mm. sitting here watching every single nuance that comes out of my mouth I'm human but if I catch myself so this is the thing this is going to relate back to something I said earlier if I catch myself feeling angry or mm. resentful or like I'm overlooked overlooked used to be a big word for me so like I did when I read that podcast book that made me angry and irritated instead of feeling angry and irritated and how what rights he got to do that i'm taking responsibility what's this mm. anger telling me mm. what do i have to do i have to stop hiding and work out how to shine that light out there mm. and and that really is at the crux of everything i do so notice notice what's going on for you and then decide to change it every single day i love that there will be people listening to this right now that that they can feel tension within themselves they know that they've got something more to give they know that there's more impact they can have maybe they just don't know how um where do people like that start to get visible i'm gonna say go read my book yeah yeah good. for me it's about journaling Mm -hmm. Be really, really, really honest with your stream of consciousness thoughts to yourself. Once you've done that over and over again, you'll start to notice what you say to your partner every single day. Mm -hmm. You'll start to notice the stupid, silly jokes you make about yourself and how stupid you are or how forgetful you are. They're not funny. They're training your brain to see yourself that way. And it's because we have those repeated thoughts tying into some limiting beliefs that we have which form in in childhood often or through moments of trauma that we believe things and i know i've mentioned to you the word overlooked how was a, a big thing for me and that came from a decision i made about myself when i was five and it was only when i stopped to think why did i think i was overlooked why was that something that happened that was so inconsequential but i believed it mm -hmm. One of the biggest things for me that I just want to share is a lot of the visibility stuff and why I felt like I was hiding really was relating back to an episode when I was 16. I was 
brutally attacked by a gang of girls and had to have plastic surgery and all sorts mm. of horrible things. Wow. And a lot of that happened because I showed up and I spoke up about what I thought was right as a 16-year-old mm. girl. And very often I find that when I work with people on really what holds them back, really what's going on, why they think they can't have what they want, there's usually one or two moments, significant moments of trauma, or maybe trauma isn't the right word for them, maybe they don't relate to that, one or two moments where someone has made them feel a particular way and they've made a decision about who they are as a result of it. And what I say to that really is that once you understand how the mind works, you realize that actually nobody makes you feel a particular way. You chose that at the time. And you did that because it was the best way for you to move forward right then. And the reason that your life has become uncomfortable now is because that old decision is an old decision and it's time to make a new one, time to make a new choice. I think that, that sums it up really. I went on a bit of a tangent then. <laughs> no, I like that. No, I like that. It's, it's bringing it into the present moment and, and, you know, that sense of always better than yesterday. It's what do you need right now? And I guess say people choose podcasting as the platform, which they would look, like to get visible, not because they feel like they have to, because everybody's doing it, but because they want to, and they feel like they've got something to share mm-hmm. and that's going to make the difference to them. Maybe just that one person, what will they gain by joining your podcast community? So I, well, first of all, I have the podcast community, which is free it's to anyone who's exploring it, bit trying to be a guest for the first time. And then I have the, the podcast membership, which is paid, which is full access to how to plan your podcast so the right people hear it. Mm-hmm. So that iTunes and Spotify pick it up in the right way so that it's successful, so that you know how to record and edit as seamlessly as possible. So it's not, you know, an ache <laughs> in whatever part of your body you feel that. So that, um, so that you know then how to launch. And this is important. You only get one chance to launch your show. And the more successful your launch is, the higher it goes up in those charts, the more likely iTunes and Spotify are going to promote your show alongside other people's. And in fact, actually two, two shows from my membership went live yesterday. One of them reached number four in the business charts and one of them reached number eight in the self-improvement charts. And as a result of that, they are now, they've, you know, they've got strong positioning alongside people like Gary Vaynerchuk, Tony Robbins, mm-hmm. all sorts of, you know, leaders, really, world leaders, thought leaders. And that's really powerful because that means their message is going to be seen by that little image you have in your, your podcast app alongside people who are changing lives. So therefore, more people will listen who wouldn't mm-hmm. find them, who are not their best friend, who's not their mom, their dad, their auntie. Mm. you know shout and, out to my mum and my auntie who are listening yeah, to this show shout out to my <laughs> mum too <laughs> that's amazing how can people connect with you how can people find out more about you your content and, and so the support? best place really is to come and follow me on facebook that's my that's my place of preference i'm on everywhere else but that's really where i'm at if you're interested in podcasting and learning how to guest then come over to the podcast community but really, Anna Parker Naples, there's no other surname like it because it's such a long one. <laughs> and uh, yeah, just come find me and, and let me know. And I think if, if any of this has made sense to you just a little bit, then start with my book. And I, I'd actually say the thing I'm most proud of is the audio version. And I get, I get so many people saying, 
because I know how to deliver a story and take people mm. on that journey, that mm. there's a whole other level of nuance in what I'm sharing because of mm. how I use my tonality and things. Mm. Do you keep it together? I had to stop at one point to pull myself together. Mm. That's not unusual for a narrator though, in mm. any book. But um, yeah, it was really, I did actually live stream some of the recordings the, the, the difficult sections, so particularly that one I described when I was attacked when I was 16 and the yeah. decisions I made immediately in the aftermath as I'm looking in the mirror, believing that I'm not enough. Mm. You know? And we've all had moments like that. Wow. My platform is always better than yesterday. I'd love to know what that phrase means to you. Waking up and getting on with it. Yeah. Wake up, Short get on with it. I feel like recently I've, I'm almost like an archer. Reset your bow, right? Get that new bow out. What are you aiming for? Mm. And just go for it. Because the only person who's stopping you is you. And often you can't see that when you're in the midst of relationship difficulties or financial difficulties. Yeah. But you decide who you want to be and you show up like it every day again and again and again even if you have a wobble even if you shout at the kids because they're making a lot of noise in lockdown you just think who am i who do i want to be yeah. and who actually deeper than that who actually am i already that i'm mm -hmm. pretending not to be mm, yeah i like that perspective thank you so much for your time thank you for so much for bringing your energy in and sharing more of your story. I uh, have no doubt you'll have inspired at least one person on this show. I would love for you to leave us with a final thought from your good self. Stop hiding, get out there, help people, help yourself be seen, be heard and be remembered. Love that. Anna, thank you so much for your time. There we go. What an amazing conversation. Be sure to head to annaparkernaples.co.uk for more information on how Anna can help you. I'd love to know what this has inspired in you. Let me know at ryanbhartley at gmail.com or tag me on any social media or, or message me. I'd love to know what you feel like you want to go and do as a result of episode 79. Please do share it with one person in your network that you feel has to hear what Anna has to say. And I look forward to welcoming you back to the next episode, episode 80. Much love. <laughs>